Good morning, Rich Nass with Open Systems Media here for this week's installment of Embedded Insiders with my partner in crime technology editor, Brandon Lewis. Hello, Brandon. Hey, Rich. How are you doing? I am doing quite well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing all right. It's uh, still hot here in Phoenix. Hopefully we'll start getting the monsoon pretty soon and uh, get some rain. That's, um, okay, so you're, you're, you're telling me a monsoon is a good thing. Yes, because um, actually the way that it works is pretty interesting. Uh, in Arizona, what happens during uh, the day is that it kind of turns into a convection oven and it, it sucks up all the moisture uh, throughout the uh, atmosphere uh, or up into the atmosphere and then it rains. Um, and they're usually flash floods, but because we are so bone dry for, you know, six months leading up to the monsoon, uh, life pretty much revolves around it. So Now I had the pleasure of being in Phoenix for one of those dust storm things. They call it a, a boobaloo or what, what was it called? A haboob. Yeah, those are, those are actually pretty impressive. The entire south side of the city uh, basically backs up onto about 100 miles of just open desert. And so there's nothing, uh, when the wind picks up, there's nothing to block uh, the dust from just building into a huge wall. And sometimes when you see it coming into the city, it looks like you know, the apocalypse or, is uh, about to happen. And actually, in some cases, it kind of does. One time I left my car windows open uh, during <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> And, yeah, that wasn't fun. Okay, so your definition of cool and exciting is very different from mine, but that's okay. Anyway, uh, let's, let's talk some technology. Um, I got an email the other day about the, uh, the Flash Memory Summit, and, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Flash Memory Summit, what, what are we going to talk about? We're, we're going to get a bunch of Flash Memory guys there, and they're going to say, mine's cheaper than yours. And, I mean, that seems the way that flash memory goes these days. Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously important to have memory. Uh, it's an integral part of any embedded system. And then more so, uh, even with the IoT, being able to store and do some um, intelligence at the edge. But memory is mostly memory. Uh, I mean, you know, there are industrial-grade memories and uh, consumer-grade memories. I'm not completely sure if there's much of a difference between the two, but it's kind of just uh, what's cheaper, right? Well, to get to the bottom of this, we should probably bring in somebody who knows flash memory a lot better than we do. What do you say? I agree. Okay. So for that reason, we have invited Steve Latterby, who is the uh, Vice President of Cactus Technologies, to join us and to shed some light on the subject. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hey, good. Good, Rich. And Brandon, how are you guys doing? Better now than I won't speak here. for Brandon, but I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, um, you want to shed? Sorry, Rich. There you go. Say... I was going to say better after now that Steve's here after our cheesy, cheesy softball setup there. <laughs> oh, I wasn't cheesy. Explain to us, Steve, what the heck industrial grade memory is and why somebody should be paying more for it than the stuff you see on the shelves. Sure. So, so just to kind of touch on what you guys were talking about, the uh, memory and memory technology for NAND flash memory, which is what goes into all these solid-state drives for embedded or enterprise or whatever systems, it's, it's NAND flash memory. The, the entire development on these parts for the last 15, 20 years has been, how do I make them cheaper? And there's two ways to make them cheaper. There's you... you, you keep uh, uh, making a smaller geometry of your semiconductor. So you take it from 90 nanometer to 60 nanometer to 40 to 30 to 20 to now it's down around 15 nanometers. So that, that's one way. So you get more 
chips on a piece of silicon, so you lower the cost that way. And the other way is you add more bits per cell. So you go from just one bit per cell, where you just have a low and high, to you have two bits per cell, three bits per cell. And the last flash memory summit last year, they uh, everyone's out with this quad level cell stuff out that uh, uh, stores four bits per cell. So per Brandon's uh, uh, talk earlier, that sounds great. It's all the same. So why not buy the cheapest stuff? And and that that would that would make a lot of sense. You know, intuitively that just makes sense. You know, that you would use the lower cost stuff. It's higher technology and and uh, and you know cost less. And that's how uh, progress, all progress in the world's made. So the the beauty of that is it is lower cost. But the the downside of it is you give up things as you keep going for these lower cost items. So. Uh, reality is the older flash memory, as old as you can get with the oldest trace width uh, or, or manufacturing technology, as well as just putting one bit per cell instead of more than one bit per cell, is the most reliable memory that's out there today. So you're saying that the older technology should cost more because it's more reliable? Uh, absolutely. It, it could cost 10, 10x more of the price, but for certain applications, it is uh, very required for, the, for that application for reliability's sake. I'll give you an example. We've got a customer that we sold over a two-year period 200,000 SD cards based on SLC NAND, industrial grade SD cards. Uh, they, they use these things in an audio-video conferencing system. And we have not received one failure of those parts. And they've been in the field for over five years now without one failure. That company made the decision to move to multi-level cell NAND because uh, they, they said, ah, it's not that critical. Even though it stored the operating system and application of their, of their whole audio-video conferencing system on it. And uh, then they, they've come back with failure rates where there's a noticeable uh, single-digit percentage failure rate every year that they're receiving on those things. And they wish they used the, the industrial grade stuff from an engineering point of view, but they were driven by management to uh, lower the cost. And that was one of the ways to lower cost was using lower cost flash memory. Hey, Steve, are, are, they, is some, are these older uh, SLC NAND technologies, are they still shipping? I know you said 200,000 uh, volumes, but are the industry-wide volumes still higher is part of the reason that they're more expensive, also the fact that there just isn't the volume still there? Uh, it's not necessarily the volume. It's just built on some older uh, manufacturing equipment. Mm. But it has been fully amortized, but you don't get as many chips on a, on a platter. So you might end up with, uh, if you just look at chips on a platter, the old 40-ish nanometer stuff versus 15, you might get eight times less chips on a, on a single platter that comes out of the factory, out of the fab. Mm. And in addition to that, if you look at the bits per, per wafer, you're getting even more with the multi-bits per cell and the finer manufacturing trace widths. So it's, uh, you could get 20 times, 30 times the number of bits out of the same wafer with the newer tri-level cell you know, uh, 15 nanometer technology than you could off of a uh, single-level cell 43 nanometer geometry. Interesting. Now, there is another way that you could drive cost down, Steve, and this has actually been done in a pretty big way over time. People are just making less profit on these things, and that had been the trend in the industry for a very long time. Is that still happening? 
I, I think there's a lot of people that are, uh, especially in the consumer area, where they're they're fighting it out, and it's just who who has the cheapest part, and uh, and and when you get into a, a condition like that, you don't get service, you don't get. It's not focused on reliability. It's all about cost. It it's a uh, uh, and, and and reliability is pretty important. To give you an example, the the newer stuff that you'll see at like a Best Buy or something like that, the the raw memory itself has like a 300 endurance cycles for a block of the NAND flash. With the older SLC stuff I'm talking about, it has 100,000 endurance cycles uh, per, raw, per physical block of the NAND. Uh, if you start looking at uh, embedded systems, industrial systems, uh, things for the IoT, and you're going to run your operating system and your application and maybe log data there every day or, or many times a day for 10 years, uh, you're going to end up running out of life on the newer parts that are out in the marketplace, the consumer parts, we call them. And uh, you're, you're only going to get that uh, reliability and, and longevity out of a part that is an SLC industrial grade part. Did you say 300 versus 100,000? That's correct, yes, 300 versus 100. And then the funny thing is, is that the Flash Memory Summit last year, they, uh, the big thing was quad-level cell, not tri-level cell, but quad-level cell where you're storing four bits in a cell, and they're talking, well, they were proud to announce that they were able to get to 150 endurance cycles per physical block of the NAND cell. And, uh, and when you have something like that, it's for a certain purpose. The purpose for that quad-level cell was to be in these big server farms that are out there, and it would be persistent memory on the processor bus. So you basically would look like a DRAM to the processor, and you would have something that's rarely stored but needed to be read back a bunch of times. So maybe uh, I, and I, I Facebook uh, entries or something like that. It might be something you post. It needs to be readily available for a while, and, and then it goes away. Or what's the capital of a certain state? That might be something that sits right there so that when someone searches that and wants the answer, it comes back immediately. But it's not something where you would want to do data logging on that quad-level cell because you'd burn it out real quickly. So it just there's different purposes for different types of memory that are out there. So I guess the bottom line to this discussion is that memory is not memory is not memory. That, that would be correct, absolutely. And, and one other thing to point out is... Uh, uh, people aren't aware that there's a thing called bomb control, and bomb control is the bill of material that you build your solid-state drive with, or whatever system that you're you're putting together. So, if with, with the industrial-grade parts, they we lock the bill of material, so the controller silicon, memory silicon, and firmware of that part stays the same for five plus years for our industrial-grade parts, and with almost every other part that's out there. Uh, there, there's no bomb control. If you buy a 128 gigabyte SSD today and you buy the same part number from the same manufacturer, odds are very likely you're going to get different firmware, different silicon in that device, at which might not be a big issue for your notebook computer, but it might be a big issue if you have a certain performance or reliability requirement for your embedded system that, that can't go below a certain level or you start having issues or maybe there's latent issues that come out in the future with the new firmware changes or silicon changes they made. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate you taking the time to join us on our uh, Embedded Insiders podcast. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. And oh, 
Always good talking to you, Brandon. I will check in with you next week. Yep, uh, hopefully I don't get uh, consumed by the haboob. <laughs> or a monsoon. <laughs> you take care.